Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Itai, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So I came across you by way of uh, uh, my literary agent, who we both happen to have in common, Lisa Demona. And uh, I remember when I saw your book on her shelf, I said, you know, I really would love to have him on the show because we've never had a symphony conductor on the show. So mm-hmm. uh, on that note, can you tell us uh, a bit about your story, your journey, your background, and how that has brought you up to everything that you're up to in the world today? Mm. Yes, well... Um... Uh, you know, uh, professionally, I was trained as a uh, orchestral conductor. That's what I studied uh, after uh, completing my uh, army service. I was uh, 22. I, uh, I was four years away from uh, making any kind of music. Uh, but um, I did uh, do some training uh, in the leadership, uh, being an officer in a combat unit. And uh, that uh, somehow um, combined very uh, well with my ambition to conduct orchestras. I realized that it was uh, something um, uh, conductors had in common with other leaders. So I studied in Jerusalem um, and then also in uh, Italy and France and uh, in the United States. Um, And I had uh, immense uh, luck to be uh, a student of uh, some of the uh, greatest conductors of uh, generation. Uh, Leonard Bernstein, I think, would be the greatest, uh, um, along with uh, Claudio Abado and some other uh, wonderful conductors. Uh, And for about uh, 15 or 18 years, I was uh, practicing mainly conducting, uh, teaching conducting in music academies, but um, also uh, being a music director of several orchestras, and mostly in Israel, um, the Tel Aviv Symphony Orchestra, the National um, Opera Orchestra, etc. But also elsewhere, um, I had um, a position with the National Orchestra of Romania, 
and I conducted as a guest with, with some of the world's best ensembles, like the uh, Sankt Petersburg um, or uh, the Leningrad Symphony, as it's called again, uh, in Russia, and the, and the Leipzig uh, Gewandhaus uh, Orchestra, and, and some other great ensembles. Uh, along with uh, a feeling of discomfort with uh, with uh, my role as conductor and the way the classical music industry was uh, um, actually uh, uh, making me along with uh, with uh, my collaborators uh, produce products I was not uh, really uh, very happy uh, with because of the the condition dictated by the conditions uh, dictated by the the, the industry uh, you know the lack of money, the, the, the great expenses, and the, the need to to produce um, well um, products. Um, I had a, a, a growing satisfaction from a, a parallel line of work which I developed, um, which actually started completely by by chance. Somebody asked me to give a lecture to a group of senior managers uh, of a certain bank. Uh, but made clear that those uh, managers were not really into, into classical music, so I better come up with a, you know, a different angle. And of course, I didn't have to invent the metaphor of conductor's leader. As I pointed out, I was I was aware of it uh, for for a long time. Uh, but uh, I thought that I could try something new in in actually the way uh, I, I I I could use this metaphor to actually um, uh, help. Uh, those people in business and later in, in many other walks of life to actually observe themselves through the, the, the distant mirror of uh, orchestral conducting. Hmm. So let me ask you this. Let's start at the very beginning of this. In fact, I want to go even further back uh, than you know, studying music. I'm really interested in sort of the formative experiences of your early childhood uh, and the people who shaped and influenced you that would lead you to go down such a path and choose such a career? Hmm. Uh, interesting. Um, well, you know, um, one such uh, great influence, well, there's nothing surprising about that, is uh, my, par- my parents. Um, my parents are a very uh, Israeli, I grew up in Tel Aviv, very Israeli uh, kind of... Uh, um, mixed couple where my mother's family uh, fled uh, Warsaw in '39 after the uh, Nazi invasion uh, and miraculously make it to Palestine, while my uh, father's family was um, had its origins in Syria in Aleppo. Uh, for five or seven generations, they were already living in the old city of uh, Jerusalem, uh, speaking Arabic, uh, that was their uh, native uh, tongue, and a little bit of Ladino because they were Sephardi. And of course, this Ashkenazi uh, part from Warsaw and the Sephardic part, uh, they, they fell in love while studying law. They were both lawyers and then, and then both judges. Uh, and both families <laughs> didn't find it very easy to accept uh, uh, the new cultural diversity they had to uh, um, take into their family. Uh, but uh, finally, all was well. And uh, <laughs> and I I'm actually, uh, along with my older brother and younger sister, and you know, kind of a um, 
a, a mixture uh, of uh, quite eclectic uh, different uh, uh, cultures. Um, now, uh, I, I, I could see it um, uh, not directly influencing my choices, but maybe a very basic thing about uh, about my uh, my way of looking at the world. I I see a great uh, potential in in diversity, in differences, in in gaps. That's the uh, uh, expression I chose to use in the book. Um, and um, um, as I said, um, I, I, um, rather than seeing myself as representing something in you know, a kind of unified and, and strong way, I find my strength uh, coming. Uh, from really being made up in in, in a way that's uh, actually holding together my uh, father's Arabic, my mother's Polish, uh, their love for what they did in the law, and also their art collection and 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 and, and the music they 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 they, they love. Uh, uh, very diverse worlds coming together. That, that that I think is 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 the the, the, the most. A single important uh, influence I could I could point to. So let me ask you this: How does somebody who is the son of two lawyers and judges end up in a highly creative career that is almost the polar opposite um, in terms of one path, which is safe, secure, and guaranteed, or so we used to think, uh, and one that pretty much is not? I only know this because I actually got into the USC School of Music when I was in high school, and my dad talked me out of going. And that's very much a cultural thing. So I'm really interested in, in sort of how that plays out in the Israeli culture and how you deal with that, that dynamic of choosing to go down a creative path when you have parents who haven't. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, you know, my parents were lawyers, but they had, I don't think they had one friend from the, from the business, <laughs> from profession. All their friends were artists, uh, bohemians. Um, uh, th- that's how you know, they started creating their, they have one of the finest uh, art collections of, of Israeli art. Uh, out of you know, just being friends and uh, being interested in the lives and works of, of, of their friends. Um, and it's, it, it, again, I think they also loved the, 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 what they did professionally. Uh, but uh, but you know uh, uh, they also uh, faced uh, all kinds of uh, um, uh, I would say uh, dissonance in 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 the in the in, in the profession. I mean, as as, as judges, they were def- definitely different than others, uh, and and some of their uh, uh, verdicts were heavily uh, criticized by the, the by the supreme court because they took a different uh, uh, um, approach than, than for example uh, my father uh, very early uh, in his uh, career as a judge uh, declared that he did not believe in severe uh, punishment uh, people that you punish and send to jail for many years are just becoming more and more professional in their you know, criminal, uh, um, um, whatever uh, they do. Uh, and he thought, uh, uh, better send them back to society uh, and try to, you know, make them into uh, um, citizens again, rather than criminals. Uh, just to give you an example, um, 
and 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 many other uh, uh, revolutionary uh, verdicts and and and, and uh, judgments that he uh, passed. Uh, um, and so this did also my mother in many many different ways. He, uh, she uh, uh, really was uh, uh, advocating the idea of making people uh, reach agreements uh, by themselves uh, without uh, the the court having to actually. Um, um, Past uh, sentence, um, uh, and it was again criticized because she was sometimes she had to push quite uh, you know, aggressively uh, for that. But 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 uh, uh, her efforts uh, led to some kind of of mechanism that now works very well um, alongside the the the, the formal uh, um, process in 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 in, in uh, courts. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what you do uh, you can uh, as you hinted to you can be a uh, conservative you can just say okay this is the way this is the way to become a musician that's what you have to do um, um, and keep on the good the good tradition and 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 you can be a kind of a rebel or an innovator and I think uh, even even before this idea of disrupt disrupting uh, uh, even came into the world they were already uh, this kind of uh, uh, innovators, and I think I took that from them. They didn't mind at all that I did something completely different, and and and, and I think they were very, very happy uh, with my uh, also change of uh, uh, of career because after all, you know, I I started uh, to be a conductor. I was quite successful as a conductor, and yet I chose to be a conductor of people in business and, and you know and in education and, uh, and in management rather than a conductor on on the stage. They were happy with it. Well, we'll get into all of that. Um, I'm still really interested in digging into sort of the earlier part of the journey. Do you think that you showed sort of an early inkling or a, a early signs or indications that perhaps you were destined to go into music? And the reason this is fresh on my mind is because I've been reading a book by Jeff Colvin called Talent is Overrated, where he looks at people from all walks of life who are peak performers. And it's just a really kind of interesting look at whether or not we are destined to become something or we actually can become great in a particular field. So I'm really interested if there were early indications of the fact that you might end up going down this path. Uh, Well, if I... I, uh, It's not something I really uh, thought about... uh, in great depth, but I, I think there was a sign again of uh, creativeness, of you know, um, not doing exactly what you know. I would I, I would buy those plastic models uh, of, of of tanks and airplanes, but then I would uh, uh, assemble them completely uh, differently into new kinds of imaginary. Vehicles or aircraft and all that. So I think if you you know you look at uh, at, at a kid that plays like that rather than you know follow the the instructions and, and get a uh, true to life model, uh, you say okay, well, either he's you know um, he lacks the, the skill or or he's actually um, inclined to 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 you know to think differently out of the box. Uh, so I think I was in a way. Um, doing things like that, I, I, I was. I, I think I was also very quick. I mean, in terms of uh, 
um you know school and all that i didn't i didn't really take very seriously i uh, uh, i didn't i didn't have any books or uh, notebooks or anything i just remembered everything and, and and it was easy to pass the tests and all that uh i don't think i i made the the, the you know the, i could gain much more if i really studied uh, uh seriously but i didn't uh and therefore i had a lot of time to do other things uh which i did i uh, i was uh, very much into film and uh, philosophy which i ended up studying at the university later and uh and music of course as, as a teenager studying uh, a little bit of conducting, composition, etc., um, which was not part of the curriculum of my school. It was just, uh, and it was all my idea. My parents uh, were never involved in any of those uh, decisions. So let me ask you this. How, as adults, do we start to uncover those kinds of things in our lives at, if we are wanting to make changes uh, in terms of the direction that we're going? Uh, well, if I if I go back to the the, the my very authentic uh, uh, feelings, which I uh, you know the ones that I reported early on uh, in our conversation, you know, um, I I think it's always you know uh, the, the 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 two things working together. You feel that something is not right, and you feel that there should be something which is better for you. Uh, you know, any great change, if uh, you know one has to unfortunately get divorced or something like that, it's uh, it's 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 probably those two things together. Uh, if you don't believe there's something better uh, that can, could make uh, you and possibly your 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 uh, ex partner happier, maybe you you don't want to go through this uh, hell. Uh, but uh, if you know there's something better, and if you know there's something wrong, deeply wrong, then there's a very very uh, good chance that you will you will actually uh, change something. Of course, uh, I I I do recommend if I can or uh, wish. Uh, Everybody to have more of this uh, uh, positive uh, motivation rather than uh, just feeling that uh, it cannot go on this way. Something is wrong. Um, uh, but but usually the, the both will be there, and then you have to really look into what is it that uh, uh, causes you to make you suffer, and 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 uh, what is it. Um, you know, in different things that you do in life that really make you uh, happy. In my uh, in my uh, own uh, uh, change of career, I had to agree to myself that uh, uh, although I, I love music uh, deeply, it is not the, the it is not the fact that I raise my hand and put it down and the hundred uh, you know different instruments play together the first note of Mahler Symphony or something, uh, which 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 makes me happy, but to look at the people play and to see their faces and to see how how much we're all uh, uh, together and and, 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 and and going in the flow uh, that was my main satisfaction so of course you cannot uh, um, do it without being you know also a good musician I'm not saying that it's enough to you know to try to be nice with everybody and uh, and, and feel good of course not but 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 the the the, the real achievement was me was for me always a human uh, 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 the coming together and and, uh, uh, and the, the harmonization of, of, of human beings rather than sounds. So, 
here's a question that, that I've asked in some form or another. You know, I think it's interesting you brought up the idea of divorce or some sort of terrible catastrophe. And then you mentioned that, you know, ideally it's, you know, you do this in a positive way. I seem to be consistently finding that crisis becomes the point of change for so many people in their lives. And I am wondering if that is a necessity or a, or a rite of passage to transform into who we are ultimately destined to become. Um, well, uh, crisis is a, is a very dramatic uh, situation and a very, very dramatic word, of course. Um, but uh, I, some, some sort of feeling of, of, of things are not as they should be. This, uh, this deep discomfort, uh, when one actually discovers a gap, I, I go back to this word, word you know, you, you think that uh, you ought to be feeling this and that, and you find yourself feeling the other way. Uh, you, 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 you think that uh, if you put uh, enough effort, uh, people will smile around you, and, and you put the effort and, and they are angry. You know, things like that. It doesn't have to be a you know, a suicidal, God forbid, uh, uh, situation, but uh, you, you can definitely see some kind of dissonance, a deep dissonance. And, and, and the, the problem, I think, is in, in most uh, situations, maybe not when you're actually forced to do it because there's no other way, but, you know, in most organizational situations, people will, you know, cover up uh, the differences. Uh, the, it doesn't work, okay, it doesn't matter, as long as uh, we make enough money, it's okay, we'll give some bonuses, people will be happy and go home. And, you know, in two years, I'll move uh, on to another job and Somebody else might take uh, care of this uh, uh, dissonance. Uh, people don't want to be associated with with, with problems or with, with problematic situations. And even if they would agree with you and with me that uh, this uh, crisis or just um, um, situation of discomfort is the key to to a new and successful thing, then I think most people will 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 um, uh, try to look the other side and, and, and avoid it. And this is this is what I preach against. Uh, in my book. Hmm. Okay, so before we get in the book, I want to ask you one last question about these sort of early formative years, and it's about the Israeli army. Uh, you know, most of us, I think, are only exposed to what the Israeli army is through movies, through television, through media. And because I have you here, I'm really interested in how that time um, serving in the Israeli military has shaped your perspectives on life, leadership, and everything else, and how it's impacted everything that you've done with your career going forward. Well, uh, um, I, I have to say, I think things, of course, things change all the time. I think uh, we're talking about, uh, what was it, uh, between 1976 and 1980. So it's a long time ago. And uh, things were different. Uh, uh, this, the general feeling about uh, you know how necessary it is and how um, uh, how detached from from the arguments of politics, internal politics, uh, the army was. Uh, that was a better time, and it was in between wars, which was like a great. Uh, luck I didn't have to actually uh, although later there was this uh, awful 1982 the first Lebanon war and I was there uh, as a reserve uh, officer um, 
and that wasn't uh, a great idea, uh, a great um, positive experience, of course. But uh, but uh, go back to your question. Um, it was a wonderful uh, lab to, to 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 learn about yourself and about others, because. Uh, one thing the Israeli army didn't have then at all, uh, and that was formal um, discipline. You know, I I had I was a, a lieutenant. I had uh, you know colonels, um, you know the head of the regiment or whatever. They would uh, they would issue a command, and then I would um, between me and myself uh, try to. Um, you know, uh, assess whether it was right or wrong, and uh, and um, you know, and, and I could go back to them and say, uh, "What is this? This is uh, nonsense." Um, um, uh, and not only I could do that to my commanding officers, my uh, the, the, my soldiers. If I should uh, command or something, and it was. Uh, unnecessary or illogical, they would come to me. They would never dream of doing something that was against what they believed. Was a, I had to convince them. You might think that it has nothing to do with what you know about army discipline, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. But this is how it was. And uh, if we uh, happen to have uh, uh, once in a while an officer that thought that only because he had the higher rank he could tell you what to do, uh, you know, those people would learn very fast that uh, in, a, in, a, you know, in combat units uh, people uh, simply wouldn't take it. Uh, and the one thing you cannot do in a, in a combat unit is just to, you know, uh, make it. Uh, you, you know, I have to tell you, my, our Bible, uh, uh, so to speak, um, uh, was uh, Catch-22. Um, you know that very well. And uh, uh, this is the, uh, the book about all the um, uh, absurdities of, uh, of army life. And um, yeah, um, we, we were happy to uh, to quote uh, from it to uh, whoever needed to to learn something. Um, so so uh, I learned a lot about what it is to be a real leader rather than just a commanding uh, officer. Hmm. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Great. So I think this makes a perfect setup to sort of shift gears and to start to talk about, you know, how you brought those lessons from leadership uh, to the podium and then what are those and how they translated into the corporate world and the business world. Okay. How should we start? Well, let's, let's, I guess really where I want to start is, um, you know, the lessons in leadership that came from your time as a symphony conductor first, like what kinds of things have you brought from that into the work that you're doing today? And then we'll talk about how we can apply it on our own lives and how it's applied in organizations. Mm. Uh, I have to say, um, when you do something, it's, I mean, like, when I was practicing uh, conducting on a daily uh, basis and having to, uh, you know, conduct a rehearsal in the morning and then a concert at night and then in between study the scores for the next program, I didn't have really you know, time to, to think about what I was doing. Uh, and, and, and I was just going through the routine and coming to the new orchestra and assuming that everybody knew the routine and everybody knew that we had very little time to, to, uh, to prepare, etc., etc. And, this is exactly the source of my discomfort uh, because I couldn't think. I was too much inside the thing. And, and there was no moment when I, I, I actually uh, said, look, um, now I, I, I know things that I should uh, share with the world. Uh, this came much later. In fact, I think that the best um, uh, conducting lessons I, I got was, were, were uh, when I was observing conductors with people that are not musicians, already, you know, in, in this kind of talks or, or workshops or seminars or whatever that I do now with people, and I, I, I we observe together uh, uh, conductors and we speak about them. And of course, if I speak to doctors, they speak in, in their own language. If I speak to entrepreneurs, uh, high-tech people, they bring another language. And, and I think from all that, I learned so much more. And then I use what I you know, g could gather and collect from all those uh, people, I think, 
tens of thousands that I met um, uh, uh, to actually look back on my own career. And therefore, I could, I could really understand now for the first time things I couldn't. Uh, and, and, and you could say, hmm, maybe it's not, uh, it doesn't testify to great powers of observation on, on, on my behalf. Uh, true, but, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's a good lesson uh, because um, uh, it, it really tells me something about the ability to, to learn something through looking at another discipline with, with other people through dialogue. Again, the things that I, 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 I do now. Okay, so we're, we're going to get into that. I, I want to ask you one specific question about this. Uh, you know, you looked at things that had nothing to do with your own career, and then you went back and looked at your own career, and you connected the dots between the two things to come up with you know, what it is that you do now. What I'm actually interested in is how we might apply that process in our own lives, like the process of observation, connecting dots by looking back at our own lives and our own careers. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. I think, again, I think I think people really have to take the time. First of all, um, the, the, you know, you, uh, either yeah, somebody has to say, okay, take the two days, go to a you know, retreat, and think about uh, things, uh, or you have to do, to, to do it yourself, which is very very difficult. And uh, again, as you said, mostly people will do it in 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 states of um, you know, discomfort or, or great hope for something new that uh, suddenly is on the horizon. Um, uh, uh, so take the time and then uh, really uh, find that distant mirror because I you know if, if you're looking at yourself in, in the same mirror you you, you know you, you, you shave every morning in front of uh, you will still see the same thing uh, now you don't have to go necessarily to uh, I know uh, an amusement park and, and you know have all those uh, weird uh, uh, you know mirrors that gives you uh, um, uh, funny shapes, uh, but there are all kinds of things that can serve as mirrors. But um, you know, um, this is this is actually the role of of a of a teacher. You know, uh, uh, you know, in in, uh, in in Judaism, there's this famous saying of one should you should find yourself a friend and a rabbi. I'm sure, you know, you could, uh, I'm sure in, in Christianity or Buddhism, you will find the same. Uh, so a friend, we can, uh, we can think together why a friend, but a rabbi, of course. Uh, I think it helps a lot to find somebody, not that they'll tell you what to do or what is the right thing for you. No, that's not a good uh, rabbi for me. A rabbi is somebody who can help you do your own observation without imposing his or her knowledge. Uh, and, and it's very important to, uh, to be able to um, um, get some help in, in order to be able to look outside of yourself and again uh, get a new perspective to look at your own life. That's probably one of the most thought-provoking parts of the conversation. And it's interesting because, you know, as I'm listening to that, it, I like it because it makes you think. It doesn't give you a roadmap for how to do it. No. No, I, mean, I don't believe there is one. I think it's a very introspective process, and I think that whole process is one of discovery. 
I think that's the only way to discover something, not to be told, because if you're told something, and even if you believe it uh, with all your heart, you're, you're just uh, uh, putting aside the, the, the real need, which is to, to look into your own, you know, gaps and discomforts and, and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, uh, no, you should really help, uh, be helped, but again, not by anybody's, uh, 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 for prescription, uh, but uh, only by the uh, uh, ability to hold your hand and help you to overcome what it is that holds you from uh, really observing your own uh, stuff. Well, let's do this. Let's let's shift gears a little bit and let's start talking about how you translated this all into the business world and you know what it means for people who are listening how we can apply this to our lives you know what are the lessons um that you have basically gathered that have become sort of the the message of this book hmm um well uh the the first is is uh, is maybe uh, something which uh, um we already mentioned which is uh, the way to go forward, um, which is actually to open yourself to observation. Um, um, now, what should you observe and, and, and how? And, um, um, well, there, there, are three, there are three main elements that I somehow put together and I'm not I'm sure that they're not um, you know uh, everything and maybe not even uh, the best way to to uh, to refer to um, uh, what uh, one needs to do but uh, at least they are you know an honest um, attempt and I'll tell you what those three elements are uh, the first is ignorance and I'll, uh, it, it, it's, you know, I call the book The, the Ignorant Maestro. Uh, but um, I really think that if you want to discover uh, something new, even concerning yourself, uh, and, and you do it based on your knowledge of yourself, then, you know, the, the, the conclusions are already in set, embedded in the knowledge. Nothing new will come out of it. Now, of course, you cannot make yourself ignorant as to yourself. Uh, you cannot forget everything. But if you find a way to disassociate your knowledge from your exploration, uh, that might give you a chance to learn something about yourself. Uh, it's not easy to do. Uh, in, in a little while, maybe we'll speak a little bit about what can be a, a good way to, to try and do that. But uh, a thing about leadership, that is not only looking into yourself, but actually looking around you. There's, uh, there are other people, there's an organization. Um, uh, it, uh, it is also very, very tempting to say, well, you know, I'm leading you, therefore I have to know better than you, otherwise there's no meaning of me leading you, right? I have to know better and therefore you have to follow me. Uh, if you act out of this uh, um, um, belief, then it means that really nothing new can come 
not only from you but also from the other people they at the best uh, they just try to um, uh, say things that uh, you're going to like they're going to try to guess your mind and give you the answers you want to hear so first of all ignorance uh, second of all is um, well what are we exploring and we already touched upon that I think we're exploring mainly uh, gaps things that don't really work um, and not work does not mean that there are uh, failures or uh, uh, that uh, you have to be ashamed of doing something wrong or not at all um, um, it could come from simply that belief that well there should be joy in the room when people are working together and there isn't our results are good, we're making profit, etc., etc., but something is missing. And now, why is this missing? How can, I mean, this is a gap, this is something that's, that's, that shouldn't be there, um, uh, or should be different, and, and, and that's what we would like to explore. And uh, quickly, the third element is, um, well, what is the tool with which one can become uh, um by choice, ignorant, and and look into gaps. I call that keynote listening, as opposed, of course, to keynote uh, speaking, which all leaders are supposed to know how to do. You know, you have to have your leadership message and you have to tell people what to do. I say, hmm, what if you could actually set the agenda by listening, by creating a culture of listening? in which new things can uh, really, really uh, uh, come to life. Um, um, and, um, yeah, and, and, and this is the main, uh, the main uh, working tool that I, I recommend to uh, everyone who wants to explore gaps and is willing to um, choose ignorance. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a couple of questions about this. Um, one is about this idea of disassociating knowledge from your exploration. And it's funny because my first thought was, well, you could do drugs, you could get drunk. Those would disassociate your knowledge from your exploration, but probably not the most appropriate ways to do it. Uh, I'm interested in how one could go about doing this. Um, well, think about a teacher. You know, in the old... Um way of teaching, uh, the, uh, the teacher uh, has always superior knowledge to that of the student, right? And uh, what the teacher does is to pour, so to speak, his, his knowledge from his uh, superior position into the head of the, uh, of the um, uh, student, and therefore the student knows more and more and more, and he almost can reach the level of the uh, of the professor, but then they tell him, of course, this was only, uh, you know, the, the first part of the course. Now you have to go to the second part, which, in which, uh, what I'm trying to say is, in the old kind of teaching, the student is always inferior to the teacher. Um, that means that the student is never emancipated, always depends on somebody uh, from the outside. Um, in the new kind of uh, uh, of, uh, of teaching, um, first of all, the um, 
um, the teacher and the students um, are supposed to have equal intelligences. Even though somebody knows more or less about a certain thing, it doesn't mean that he's more or less intelligent. We know that very well, right? And, and, uh, and so, uh, starting from this uh, point, the idea is that the teacher now, even though he, he knows something, um, really does not use his knowledge to tell the uh, student where he has to go in his exploration. Uh, rather, he is there to make sure that the student doesn't give up. So it's more validating the process of asking questions and advancing in one's uh, exploration rather than validating the outcome or the result of the process. In the old teaching, you had to validate the result. I teach you A, therefore you know A. In the new teaching, I help you in your quest regarding A or B or C, and you may get to uh, new knowledge that I, as a teacher, never dreamt about, never knew. And that would make me a good uh, teacher. That means that as a teacher, I managed to disassociate myself from my knowledge. I didn't impose my knowledge on you, and therefore I opened the way for you to discover something new. This is what uh, I mean by disassociating one, uh, from one, one's uh, knowledge. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. That was profound. Uh, now, was... now, I have to say, this profound thinking is not uh, my thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, uh, it's very important to say that uh, uh, even the, the name of my book is an homage to a French philosopher. His name is Rancière. Uh, Rancière, um, contemporary of ours, uh, teaches in Paris. And, 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 and Rancière uh, wrote... Uh, an essay called, uh, a book actually, The Ignorant uh, Schoolmaster, in which he actually speaks of the work, speaks about the work of another French uh, um, uh, intellectual, Jacotot, in the 19th century, and that Jacotot actually uh, um, uh, invented, if you want, uh, these ideas. He came up with, with, with this uh, remarkable and revolutionary uh, and wonderful um, uh, claim. He said, an ignorant can teach another ignorant what he himself, the teacher, does not know. <laughs> and then, and, and now you, 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 you have it as a summary of, of everything I, I said before. <laughs> and and, 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 I, and I, I feel very good. Uh, uh, you know, being based on Ancia, which is also based on, on Jacotot. Because these are great ideas that go, you know, uh, through the centuries in, in philosophy. But the, the wonderful thing would be, of course, to take this, these ideas and translate them into education. And then what I do, or try to do, is take those ideas and translate them to leadership. That is, you know, much like the, the, the ignorant schoolmaster, the ignorant leader does not really tell everybody where to go, but rather helps them in their quest to find the next uh, valuable, meaningful uh, goal for themselves. And that is quite revolutionary as applied, I think, to leadership. Wow. Okay, so one last question before we, we start wrapping things up. 
Um, you know, one of the things that you, you talked about is this idea of dissonance and bridging and this gap between, you know, uh, where we are and where we want to be. I'm interested in, in hearing about bridging that gap. Well, that's, uh, if I may say, a wonderful question because, you know, um, let's say that, uh, mm, uh, you know, I, 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 let's take a gap which is not that uh, um, intimidating. Well, uh, again, let me get back to the moment where I, uh, for the first time, put in video in front of uh, uh, my uh, quite un unsuspecting uh, uh, businessman that I gathered for, for uh, a session, uh, a piece of, 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 of orchestral concert and somebody stands there and conducts. And I asked them just to, to, uh, to say what they see. Now, they say something again in their own language. And of course, there's a gap between their language and the language of music. Now, I could do one of two things. If I was a teacher of the old kind, I would say, hey, guys, what you say is very nice, but actually in music, we call that a downbeat. And what you've seen now is a process of crescendo leading to a rubato where the stretto, you know, and all that, and uh, I would be teaching them. Of course, it has no relevance, no importance to their lives. Um, so... Um, um, that's not no good. Now, if I if I didn't refer to what they said at all, that was not no good either. So, what I have to do now, coming back to your question, is to try to bridge that gap in a kind of a temporary uh, structure that will give them enough sense of what's happening in a in a musical way, uh, but will give them even more importantly uh, a sense that what they say in their own language about it is just as valid and instead of just saying oh, oh let me learn something new or learn about music no 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 no. stick to what you think and now let's see how one language uh, can shed light on the other language so it's a very 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 uh, sensitive play where actually the leader this was a maybe again not a not a very difficult process but in a process where you find that you have different stakeholders holding different interpretations or different opinions uh, and you and you don't say okay i'll tell you how it's going to be and that's that ends the, the whole thing but you try to keep all the voices alive try to put forward some kind of platform to hold all those verses and allow for a dialogue between them and even allow the dialogue itself to change the platform so if you thought that the main metaphor for your organization was family and you let people somehow uh, use this, 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 this platform of our familial relations, but at the end you find out that they see it differently. They want to see, I don't know, they want to see a combat unit rather than a family. And you have to be, again, open enough to help them uh, uh, discuss uh, something which is uh, rather um, uh, distant than than your initial uh, intent was. So actually finding the bridging, the, the, the platform which bridges the gap and helps the discussion and which may even transform itself within the discussion, the, the discussion to something completely different, that's the main 
leadership challenge. It's it's something so complicated that I don't think I I actually you know had something conclusive to say about it. Definitely not, not conclusive. But I, I I hope I hope you know um, it gives you a um, you know something to think about. Hmm. Wow. Uh, well, Itai, this has been really really insightful and thought provoking. Uh, so I have one final question for you, which is how we close all our interviews here at Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? <laughs> is there such, such a thing unmistakable? Um, yeah, well, I, I, well, I think I think it's the authenticity of, of being. Uh, uh, willing to put yourself, you know, in an open way, in an honest way, uh, uh, to uh, to, the, 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 to the examination of uh, of others. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, so many leaders that I know, conductors, you know, uh, conductors that, that that look around them and all they see is the instruments. Instead of saying, uh, Mr. Bloom, uh, can't you play uh, this a bit louder? They say, first oboe, play it louder. They only see instruments. There are others who uh, see professionals, who consider the master oboist and, 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 uh, and, and connect through a professional uh, perspective. Uh, and, the, and then there are others, like my great teacher, Bernstein, who can combine uh, uh, not only those uh, perspectives, narrow uh, in a way, but really have a whole person, you know, uh, 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 dialogue where you speak with people about the meaning of music, and you mean, you know, uh, uh, speak to me from your own life experience, everything you know about suffering and about joy and about this and that, and your overplaying and what you know about Mahler and all of that. Now, I think. I think if somebody comes with the whole spectrum of the human being and puts himself or herself, you know, quite openly in front of you, that's, that's an, uh, for me, uh, uh, quite unmistakable. Hmm. Well, Itai, uh, I have to say this has been thought-provoking and insightful as I expect it would be. And uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story and your journey and your insights with our listeners here at The Unmistakable Creative. Well, thank you. It was a sheer pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. If you like what you heard, the greatest compliment you could give us is to share the show with a friend and let people know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening to The Unmistakable Creative. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here, making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide, it's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over, it's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.